Welcome to the ISA Arbor Views podcast, a series bringing you conversations with researchers and tree care experts about current issues in arboriculture. I'm Mark Hartley, your host on this episode of Arbor Views. Mark Dutterman founded Natural Path Urban Forestry Consultants in 1988 and received his Master of Science in Urban Forestry from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. He focuses on assessing communities to develop proactive urban forestry policies on issues addressing canopy enhancement, maintenance and risk management. Today, we will discuss how to evaluate tree health, crown structure and future crown development and how to put those in place in the urban environment. Hello, Mark, and thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks, Mark. So uh, what are the, the characteristics of a healthy crown development? Uh, typically, in this particular project that we we're working on, uh, what we're looking for is uh, good crown development, uh, symmetry, um, uh, solid you know, uh, color that's consistent with that species, um, and, and importantly, getting a good understanding of the size of the crown that's typical for each, in each specific species. Obviously, that's going to have some variations within the urban environment. Yes. What, what sort of things affect that? Well, it's um, we found that um, you know, the narrow, uh, what we call a parkway or tree lawns, uh, have a huge effect on um, crown development. But also, in this particular project, the spacing distance between trees, uh, where trees were planted too possibly too close together, and the encroachment on each other. Uh, causes um, a lot of maintenance issues in the long term for the municipality. So you went out and looked at, at trees and saw how they're growing together and then looked at alternate spacings to come up? How, how did you come up with that? Yes, uh, the project town was Oak Park, Illinois uh, in the U.S. and the town had, because of budget constraints, stopped their planting program for a year or two and so we took that opportunity to evaluate their past planting uh, procedures and specifications and policies so that once uh, money was back in the planting program, um, uh, we'd have a more refined uh, planting program. And so what we did was did a, uh, we did a 6% sample survey of the block segments using the iTree Streets sampling method uh, to evaluate species, diameter, condition, distance between trees, crown type, crown health, things like that. So there were certainly some differences there that you observed then? Very much so. And, and so how does a general arborist or an urban forester, how, how would they go about this process? Well, one thing that we looked at was the crown type, and uh, this was fairly generic, but it, was, it ended up being a really strong indicator of short and long-term uh, maintenance needs and what we did for crown type was divide or identify whether the crown was immature, semi-mature, mature, senescent and that was a function of the crown size for that specific species so the immature crab apple would have a certain size associated with it uh, compared to a mature crab apple but then we'd use Norway maple, American elm and so on so uh, what we found was that the trees that were in senescent condition were the ones that were uh, reducing their contribution to the community, the environmental contribution and aesthetic contribution. And they ended up being uh, statistically 
the the highest number of trees that required either removal in a very short period of time. So it was a very simple tool for moving, you know, trees that were reducing reduced in their capacity to contribute to the community. So in terms of design and planning, what sort of things would you see would be optimal in terms of design and planning? Well, we found that, um, for example, in the literature, the, a large, I'll, I'll pick uh, Norway maple as an example. The mature crown size of a uh, Norway maple in the Chicago area uh, in the Midwest is about 60 feet. And we found that the average planting distance in the town was about 30 feet. And so that obviously pointed to, and it proved itself out in the condition ratings and, and whatnot, on uh, that the closer the spacing was, uh, the, uh, the greater the deterioration in condition, and also the increased amount of maintenance that was required. So it's really an economic question of um, by uh, having trees spaced too close together, uh, maintenance costs uh, went, you know, increased substantially. And this is mostly pruning maintenance costs, or are we talking uh, other costs that, in terms of infrastructure and sidewalk? Um, uh, somewhat on uh, uh, sidewalk issues, what we did find was we, we measured the crown spread uh, in two directions, the parallel to the road and uh, perpendicular to the, uh, to the curb or the road. And uh, the trees that had narrow uh, spacing had crowns that were oval in shape. And with the access going toward the house and into the street, and what that meant was clearance, uh, road clearance pruning was increased, but also service request calls because branches resting on roofs and things like that. So the, the whole maintenance component of it, uh, it was really quite substantial. And the, the other part of that is that the age of the trees, because we're doing an age study as these trees get removed, uh, the age of the trees was actually, we're tracking that to determine if they're declining and dying sooner than they need to. And so the removal costs, replacement costs are also closely associated with that spacing. So the first thing then is to look at an appropriate spacing. Right. And, and in relation to the crown size of a normal tree in your area, what sort of spacing seems to suit to be ideal for that? Well, in this particular town, what we did was uh, we looked at the species distribution of what they anticipated planting, and they, their standard at that time was 35 feet between large shade trees, and now they increased it to 50, and uh, in the hope that over time we can keep re-evaluating these sample plots and see how uh, the age will increase and canopy size will increase. Our expectation is that those will occur. So, so the aim is then bigger canopies, less maintenance costs yep. overall. Yep. And, and fewer trees as well. Yeah, that was actually a big issue because uh, community groups considered uh, the lack of, uh, the lack of, uh, they saw it actually as an anti-planting program when in fact it's not. It's um, we focus, the community has a tendency to focus on the number of stems. You know, every tree removed needs a tree replaced. And the problem in Oak Park was they were placing them in the exact same spot as the two tightly planted trees. And 
what we're trying to get the town to think about is canopy uh, enhancement rather than the number of trees. So if I'm reading it right, you're saying that fewer trees, but we can actually have equal or even better canopy area. Yes. That's that's great. Yep. Um, so there's less trees to maintain, there's less fuel costs, and bigger, healthier trees. Yep, yep. That sounds great. In terms of retrofitting that, where you've got a town like you have, do you have a problem with when you have to put a small tree in and having a big tree, or do you suggest a, just a clear restart again? Uh, no, there's. we're careful about uh, making sure that small trees do get planted, but what we have is a ratio of, we calculate that about 10% of the street tree population are going to be small trees under utility lines, and because they add aesthetics and uh, you know a, a, a vertical dimension that's interesting for the streetscape, uh, we just want to make sure that the spacing on the smaller trees will be at still 25 to 30 feet, but we're increasing the number of shade, large shade trees that will be planted. Okay, so you're trying to keep the, the spacings consistent from an aesthetic point of view. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And when you're looking at a street and you're saying that it's time that you've got a number of trees that are senescent, a number of trees that are, are doing okay, would you look at taking all the trees out at the same time or would you look at um, um, just removing the senescent trees and replacing as required? Uh, what we've, we're doing now with every single removal is that staff has been trained to evaluate whether or not the, any current tree removal, you know, tree X is being removed today, they ask the question, can this be replaced today based on these new parameters? And if not, it's a constant state of uh, fluctuation. So um, it may be a planting site may become available when a second tree gets removed, but that's for some future decision. Okay, that's so. great. And uh, in terms of backing this up with documentation, obviously it needs to be supported by a good set of uh, policies that are written and clear and concise. Yes. I assume you've gone about doing that. Tell us how you went about that process. Uh, working with the staff and uh, municipalities around uh, the Chicago area, we developed um, a set of standards that uh, uh, kind of coexist with the recommendations of the 50-foot spacing for large shade trees, and then train staff and inform the public of this new policy. So it's a three-pronged approach, Yes. Mark. Mark, thanks very much for coming in. I appreciate having you here. I enjoyed it.